and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he did not answer her, even with a word. And his disciples came up and urged him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. Yet he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, but please help, for even the dogs feed on the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed at once. Departing from there, Jesus went along the Sea of Galilee, and after going up on the the mountain, he was sitting there. And large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were limping and had impaired limbs, limbs, were blind and were unable to speak, and many others. And they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowd was astonished as they saw those who were unable to speak talk, those with impaired limbs restored, those who limped walking around, and those who were blind seen, and they glorified the God of Israel. Now Jesus called his disciples and disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry for they might faint on the way. The disciples said to him, Where would we get so many loaves in this desolate place to satisfy such a large crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven, and a few small fish. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and the fish. And after giving thanks, he broke broke them and started giving them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, seven large baskets full. And those who ate were 4,000 men, besides men, women and children. And sending away the crowds, Jesus got into the boat and came to the region of Magadan. That's not Trump's country, but it's another place. Okay. Okay, here's a map. Christian likes maps. He likes to say, because this stuff is grounded in historical facts of places where Jesus actually had been, where he walked around. And so we're seeing right here, I got my pointer. See, this is really nice. Oh, look at this. So Jesus is right here in Gazareth, and then he's going to be walking up to here to Tyre and Sidon, right up here. And that's where he has the encounter with the Canaanite woman. And then after that, he comes back down and he walks along the eastern shore of, of Galilee and ends up down here in Gardnera. 
And that's where he, he has the people sit down and, and eat uh, the bread and fish, the 4,000 men. And then after that, he gets in a boat and sails back over to a little place over here, which on this map it doesn't show, but it's on the next, I think the next map it shows that. He comes back to this little town of Magadan. And so this is where Jesus, they start here in uh, Gazaneth, which is right here, and they walk up to Tyre and Sidon area. Then they walk around down here and come down to the, the shores of Galilee, up in the mountains, and then he feeds the 4,000. Then he sails back here to Magadan. Magadan. So this is the area, and he's going to be up in this area for about, say, about five days, five, six days, something like that. And this is interesting because this is the only time Jesus leaves the place where the Jews are, uh, their, their Jewish country, Jewish countryside. He stays in normally inside the places that are controlled by the Jews. And so this is the only time in his ministry that he departs from that. He walked through Samaria, remember, a little while ago to meet the Samaritan woman, but that's still inside of Israel. And so this particular journey, he actually goes outside and goes beyond Israel and comes out. So it's sort of strange because remember what he told the, the, uh, apostle, the disciples when they go out, don't go out to the foreigners, but stay in Israel because the message is supposed to be before the Jews. And so in a sense, Jesus, as we'll see in the text, Jesus' main focus was being ministering to Jewish people. But he did reach out and meet with people that were outside of Jews. Now, people know about Jesus in this Gentile region of Tyre and Sidon. He's going to go up and meet this woman in Cana, but why did she, why did she know about him? Well, we can read back in Mark, Jesus withdrew the sea with his disciples, and a large multitude from Galilee followed, and also from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Echidium, Edium, and beyond the Jordan, and the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon. A great number of people heard about everything that he was doing and came to him. So Jesus, while he's in Israel and doing all this ministry up in Galilee area, people from all over were coming to hear him and preach, and also they saw the miracles, but they would go home eventually. And so we can see that many people had come from Tyre and Sidon and came down and heard and watched Jesus, and they came back to the region they were talking about him. And so that's probably why this woman of, of Cana knew who Jesus was because his, his uh, ministry had been observed by other people from that area. And so that's why when he was going there, he was basically, it says, he was trying to get away from the big crowds and everything. And so he was going up to this region of Tyre and Sidon to get away from the crowds. And in Mark, in the this passage that follows the same area, says that Jesus was trying to get away from the crowd and he just went into a house. And so while he was in this house, this woman came and came in and started pestering (laughs) Jesus. And so this is what it says. Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the region of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman came from that region, came out and began to cry out saying, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. 
my daughter was severely demon-possessed. And so she just didn't say it once. She didn't say it twice. She was just saying this all the time. And we'll see later on the disciples really don't appreciate her. And they, at points, the disciples, I think they're sort of like us sometimes, where we are sort of like them because we get irritated by the way people around us, you know, we're, we're spiritual and we know what's going on, and then people keep bothering us. And why should we have to do anything with them? Get away from me, uh, come on, say your prayers in your closet or something. I don't want to have to worry about it. And so, but, so this is what she was doing. She was just pestering Jesus. Uh, one of the things I think is very interesting. Uh, now Jesus got up and went from there to the region of Tyre, and when he had entered into the house, he wanted no one to know about it, and yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing about him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile. I thought it was schizophrenic. Schizophrenic woman. No. She's coming from an area called Syrophoenician descent. But I, I, thought, I always thought that she was schizophrenic, but that's my problem. And she repeatedly asked him to cast the demon out of his daughter. And so he's just being pestered. And the disciples don't like this, of course. But then Jesus doesn't even answer. He's just quiet. Doesn't even respond. In a sense, he sort of ignores her. great persistence this lady had it she had given up on everything nobody could help her demon possessed daughter and she was going to see Jesus and she first recognized him and said Jesus come help my daughter Jesus son of David she recognizes that he's going to the Jews the son of David so he's a the Jewish messiah and so she's pleading. She's heard about what he's done before. He's healed people before. So maybe he can heal my daughter. She's persistent. So she's talking about prayer, being persistent. There's other people we read about being persistent in the Bible. And just think what would happen if they weren't persistent. Now I was reading this guy, and he... he well, I thought about this. Okay, how are we supposed to ask for things? Prayer. I think it's a great principle as Christians we're supposed to bring things before God. And Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, gave an illustration or an example or guidance of how we should pray to God and ask for things from him. He says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Keep on knocking and we open to you. See, all these, the ask, the seek, and the knocking are all, keep on doing it. It's just not ask one time. The, the Greek tense in there is you keep on asking, keep on asking, being persistent. Keep on asking. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be open. Or that person that is among you who when his son asks for a loaf of bread will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give. Will he not give him a snake? Will he? You, dis, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more 
will your heavenly Father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask him. So this, in a sense, this woman must have grasped under that teaching because she was doing it. She was asking and wasn't giving up. And so I think it's a really encouragement to see, okay, here's, like I'm one of these guys like the disciples, get away, come on, what's going on? But this woman is just asking. And so we go back, okay, here's the what ifs. What if Joshua gave up, gave up on his sixth lap? Here he is there at Jericho, and on the seventh day, he's walking around there. And they're talking, and they're going really quiet, actually, walking around. And God said, oh, we're going to be delivered, and we're going to let you conquer this place. And he stopped. Nothing's happening, so I'm stopping. That would be terrible. You couldn't get the book of Joshua. It would be terrible. Okay. What if Naaman didn't go down on his seventh dip? God, he came to, to this prophet of Israel, and he's this great warrior, and he said, I can do great things. I can pay you a lot of money. I can do all kinds of stuff. I want to be healed from my leprosy. And the prophet says, go down and dip yourself seven times in the water. Be baptized. And it's like, oh, good grief. What's going on? Okay, it goes down to the water. One, two, three. Six times. Nothing's happening. But the seventh time, he's healed. What if the man at night needing bread stopped knocking? Oh, this is one of those stories we hate. Your neighbor comes over. Oh, give me some bread. I have guests. Knock, 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 knock. Oh, what's going on? If my neighbor did that to me, I'd be very mad. I don't like that kind of stuff. And then the woman quit pestering the unjust judge. These are all examples of persistence. Oh, it's uh, Brian Bill, that was who got that from. He also said, parents, pray for your kids. That's what she's, she's doing. Persistent. So, okay. Okay, now, Jesus didn't answer. But then what's really interesting is that the disciples, like I was saying before, they don't look too good in this situation. A lot of times the disciples don't look very good. But remember, uh, we're disciples. We don't look that good sometimes. And so they send her away because she keeps shouting at us. Go away. There's another time that the disciples said send people away. That's when the 5,000 people were wanting food. I'll send them away. Get rid of them. Uh, oh, here's another one. Do the disciples need an attitude adjustment? Attitude adjustment? I think, think they do. Look at Here's one of them. And some children were brought to him so that he would lay hands on them and the disciples rebuked them. We're not as sensitive to people being drawn to Christ. Oh, here's another one. And they, the Samaritans, did not receive him because he was traveling towards Jerusalem. And when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? 
This is the disciple. This is this is how we eat it. Boy, they're 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 really bothering us. Something's going. Something's not right here. So instead of having compassion for the woman or for uh, the kids, they want to send them away. Uh, these these guys are going to be judged. These Samaritans are going to be judged. They're they're having a problem. But what does the disciples want to do? Let's send down fire and burn them. Uh, so. Do they need an attitude adjustment? Adjustment. Uh, I think they do in this situation. He's Jesus is teaching them through his example of how people come or draw to him, and that his ministry is not just to the Jews. Peter's going to find this out later on because he doesn't want to give an axe. He's going around just telling the gospel to Jewish people. And even though the Great Commission, which we're going to read at the end of Matthew, is to go to the whole world and tell it, well, Peter wasn't ready to start sharing with people outside of the Jewish faith. And so I think it's very interesting that uh, at this time, Jesus actually is going out and going beyond his own restrictions that he had given the disciples. He's done it once before, Remember when the centurion came and asked for his son to be healed and Christ healed him and he said, what did he say to him? Such faith I have not seen in Israel because he didn't even have to go to the sons and heal him. He did it from afar. So Jesus says to her, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So is that going to discourage her? Because it's true, he's, Jesus is only sent to, the house of, his sent to the house of Israel. But that doesn't deter, to, uh, I can't, the word I guess, that doesn't hinder her from keeping and pursuing and asking. And then Jesus comes with this phrase that it uh, can be a little bit harsh. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. Before she referred to Jesus as son of David, he's to Israel. But now she comes, Master, save me. Or hear me. Help me. So she recognizes who Jesus is and is pleading with him for his mercy because he is the Messiah. She recognizes him as being the Messiah, as being God-man, the salvation. And so she calls out to him. Yet he answered and said, it is not good to take a children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Dogs. How would you like to have someone that say it to you? We wouldn't like that at all. The thing is, uh, reading the commentaries and all that kind of stuff in Greek, which Harris would probably know more Greek than I do, but I, I know a lot of Greek because I can read a commentary and it tells me what it says. And so this word for dog is like a household dog, a puppy. There's the Jewish way of looking at dogs, and those are the type that are outside. And so Jezebel met those kind of dogs. Uh, 
Remember when she was thrown out the window? And uh, people came out the next morning saying, well, we should do something with her. They only found her palms left. (laughs) Those kind of dogs aren't very nice. But this is a dog that sits on the table and as a pet comes inside the house. The Jews had dogs like what Jezebel knew. But the Greeks, they had household pets. And this is the word that they use for this kind of word. So it's a household pet, but it's a puppy or a little thing that is included as part of the family. And so it sits under the table. She caught that. And she comes back with this response. And she said, yes, Lord, but please help me, for even the dogs feed on the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She got this little nuance that Jesus was actually referring to as a dog, a little puppy. She's not part of the the family, but she's included in uh, getting the provision that the master provides. The children are first, but then there's still something that she can get from the master, the crumbs. She wanted the crumbs from the table. And so, what is Jesus' response? Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done as you have asked, as you desired. And her daughter was healed at once. She was persistent. She recognized who Jesus was. She asked, asked, asked. And when Jesus tested her, rebuffed her a little bit, she still responded because she could read and understand what Jesus is saying to her. And she grasped onto that. And then she received God's grace and mercy. So maybe this is a lesson for us, how we approach God in, in some of our needs. Departing from there, Jesus went along the Sea of Galilee. And after going up in the mountains, he was sitting there. And a large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were limping, had impaired limbs, were blind and were unable, were unable to speak, and many others. And they laid down at his feet, and he healed them. When we read this part in Mark, it also talks about this same kind of thing. He specifically focuses on one person, and that is the, the blind, the, the mute deaf man that God heal, that Jesus heals, where he goes and he touches his tongue and his ears and he begins to speak. But here in, in, in Matthew, it's more generic as far as everyone being healed and he focuses on the crowd being healed. But it's really interesting, and again, in the Greek that they have there, it's talking about there's a lot of interesting types of healings going on. For it can be that people that didn't even, had an amputated leg might be having a new leg come out. It was, it was quite dramatic Greek, in the Greek, in just the way that they're putting there. So this is quite a, amazing things that are happening. But if we look back just a, a couple ch- chapters before, Jesus was doing the same thing in, in, the, sermon, uh, in, the, in the feeding of the 5,000. And the thing is, this was done with Jews. Now we're seeing it be done with Gentiles. Because what is, what is their response? So the crowd was astonished as they saw those who were unable to speak, talk, those who were impaired limbs restored, those who were limping, walking around, and those who were blind, seen, 
and they glorified the God of Israel. So these are Gentiles, primarily, that are in this crowd that are also experiencing God's grace and healing through Jesus, even though they're not part of the chosen race, but he's extending his grace and mercy and love to everyone. And so these Gentiles are also experiencing that. So the disciples are up there seeing how Jesus talks with a Canaanite person. A Canaanite is the most despicable person a Jew could ever think of. When they came into the land of the Canaanites, they were supposed to be destroy them all. <laughs> they were not at all a good uh, ethnic group that would find favor with the Jews. Jesus found mercy on this woman. Now he's healing all these different Gentiles. The disciples are observing this. Now Jesus called the disciples and said to and, and he said to them, "I feel compassion for the people." because they have remained with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. Well, you can say, well, we've sort of heard this story before. Back when the 5,000 were there, they wanted to send them back, but they'd only been with Jesus one day. And also they were in an area that had little towns around that they could send them to to find food. These people have been following Jesus for three days and they're in a desolate area. There's no towns. And they've uh, used all their supplies that they've been having following Jesus. And so he gives uh, the disciples, say, where would we get so many loaves of bread, loaves, in this desolate place to satisfy such a large crowd? The disciples again, they've just seen... (laughs) We, we, we look at this and we're so, well, all these disciples, they're really sort of slow in the head. They, they can't uh, figure this stuff out. Well, look at yourself in the mirror. And you'll, you'll see what the problem is. It's not these poor 12 guys. I uh, think uh, we have the same problem. And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? Okay, you remember they had to search last time. They had to do the same thing again. And they said, seven, and a few small fish. Then he directed the people and sat down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves of fish, and after giving thanks, he broke them and started giving them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. So again, this is a type of miracle that Jesus lets the disciples see up close. The seven loaves and the fishes, Jesus blesses, but then he breaks them off and hands it to the disciples, and the disciples distribute it. So they can see the miracle happening as he keeps breaking off these pieces of bread, and they keep getting enough to go around and pass around. Then after they've eaten, the crowd was satisfied, and they had eaten and they were satisfied, and they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, seven large baskets full. And so you have seven baskets, big baskets. When you look at the 5,000, there was 12 small baskets. So this is ample. God provides. 
and is capable of meeting the needs. And those who ate were 4,000 men besides the women and children. So here we see God doing a miracle again of feeding the 4,000, just as he did with the 5,000. One was a primarily a Jewish group of people. The other is a primary group of Gentiles. And so God's grace abounds to all. And sending the crowds away, Jesus got in a boat and came to the region of Magadan. And that's up near Gaz, uh, uh, Capernaum and those places in the northern part of the, of, the, of the sea. So what do we learn? Romans 9.30 to 33 has something interesting to say. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness attain righteousness, but the righteousness that is by faith. However, Israel pursuing the law of righteousness did not arrive at that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as though they could by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone, just as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and the one who believes in him will not be put to shame. So here we can see the ministry of Jesus going from leaving Israel and going up into the Gentile areas and seeing a response. Why did Jesus leave Israel? He was trying to get away from the crowds, but also he was having all this difficulty with the Pharisees and all these people trying to uh, condemn him and that kind of things. And so he's going up to try just, in his human side, is wanting to get a little relief from all the pressure. I don't, this is not a surprise to Jesus. I believe that Jesus knows what's going to happen and all this kind of stuff. But as far as his human side, we can see that he's leaving Israel to try to get a break from, from this oppression, you might see, from the Pharisees and the Jews and how he would respond to these cities that are up in that northern part of Galilee. This is the one that he said it's going to be more uh, easier in Judgment Day for uh, Sodom and Gomorrah than it is for these Jewish cities on the northern side of, of the Sea of Galilee. And so the, the last sentence there, and the one who believes in him will not be put to shame. So I think it looks, in a sense, you look, look at the woman from Cana. She was not put to shame. She came by and believed, and she was restored, and her, and her daughter was restored, because she put faith in who? In the Son of God, in Jesus. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will not be hungry, and the one who believes in me will never thirst. But I say to you, that you have indeed seen me, and yet you do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I certainly will not cast out. So here we see Jesus again speaking, and a lot of these examples in, in this particular chapter have to do with bread and the need of the life substance is having this and how Jesus is uh, that's a picture of who Jesus is he's the bread of life 
and so how we're supposed to come and eat of him and how we're all these different phrases and how he's he's the substance and how uh, many of these illustrations of where the central thing is well God is the one that's giving the bread he's the one that is providing the nourishment and then Jesus saying well I am that and I think it's an example of what it means when we come to him we will not be cast out going back to that woman from Cana that came to Jesus I think it's just a picture for us to see well how are we supposed to come she was humble she was persistent she knew who she was she knew her place and she cried out to God cried out to Jesus Lord help me I think that's what our prayer should be. When Harris was talking about how she has to have people help her all the time, well, we have to realize we all need help all the time. In this simple prayer, Lord, help me, is I think something we should remember and use probably more than once a day. But also I think it's an encouragement to see how we pray for our children of where this woman saw the need in her child and how God healed her from afar, didn't have to go there's only two people that Jesus commended for their faith both of them were Gentiles so we fit that boat none of us are from the, uh, the lost tribe of Israel but I want to encourage us to look at the example that we can see in this text of how coming to, to Christ, knowing that he's our only hope. Are we like the disciples that push people away, thinking God can't meet them? Because we're, we, we, we are the spiritual ones. That we, these people are just causing us problems. Or we do have that sensitive heart that allows people to come to Christ. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed at once. O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you desire. Lord, help me. Dear God, I just thank you for these words that we've read today from Matthew 15. I can't see where each one of us see ourselves in these stories or in these words that we read, how we, who we identify with. Do we identify best with the Canaanite woman or do we identify with the disciples and their distraction of not being able to see the ministry are we some of the people that are coming and coming to Jesus to be healed because of our affirmities are we the people sitting down on the hill being served uh, a piece of bread and a little fish
Help us to put our faith and trust in you. These Gentiles recognized and gave praise and honor to the God of Israel. She recognized that Jesus is Lord. Help us to put our faith and trust in you, Lord Jesus, so that we can walk in light of your truth and walk by faith, not by sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up for a benediction. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ through all ages, world without end. Amen.